another week in the four-year reference household, but it is the very first time, OT, that we can say we're an award-nominated podcast. (laughs) Shout outs to our friends and lovers that follow us on socials or also on our newsletter, but I also don't blame you if you don't follow us on the socials. Uh, Love and splooshes to the team at the Australian Podcast Awards. Uh, We put our little podcast on and we got nominated. Mm-hmm. Best arts and culture. Which one are you, OT? <laughs> you guess. <laughs> this has been an unfucking believable year. Thank you so much, friends and lovers, for joining us on this wild ride. Um, it's been so much fun and we're excited to see what will come of the podcast. Let's get on with the show. Friends and lovers, welcome back to the Four Year Reference Podcast. You got your host, Katie. And OT. Welcome to Reference Max, where I talk a lot about the films that were screened as part of the 2022 Pacifica Film Festival. Nice. Fitting it all in into a multi splooshy non spoiler review episode. <laughs> wow. How are you feeling, OT? Excited and pumped, bruv. Um, aside from the every so often mentioning that we were one of the first people in the world to watch Parasite as a part of the Sydney Film Festival, this is really the first time we're covering a film festival on the podcast. It is. It's very exciting. Uh, shout outs to Eleonora Malifi as well as Galo Fainu looking after and running the whole show for the Pacifica Film Festival. There's a lot of exciting films and some of them will be available to watch Friends and Lovers. Uh, and I definitely want to talk and highlight um, the ones that I was able to catch over the weekend as well. Um It was really cool. Like if I can just talk generally about the experience, um, you know, I've talked many times on the podcast how it would be cool, you know, to see the creativity, but also I will try and find resonance in all sort of world cinema, right? Mm. But it just hits differently, OT. Oh, does it? Wow. And also nice. Also nice to meet um, a lot of Pacifica creatives in Australia specifically. And before we even get to, you know, the films and the shorts that um, I watch as a part of the film festival, OT, you can actually chime in on this one. Oh. <laughs> uh, so shout outs to Savilina Vakauta. I met her on the opening screening of the Pacifica Film Festival and she has a short called Huhu Anu, which mm. essentially means like coconut water. And, you know, I was very excited to check out the short. It's on Vimeo. We'll put the links in the show notes, friends and lovers. This was a couple of years before the Panthers show, which we do have an episode on friends and lovers. Feel free to go and check that out. But I want to talk a little bit because you had a chance to experience this short i want to talk a little bit about it how did you feel about the overall short i really enjoyed it i think getting to see the experience and i think the overlay or the use of 
archival footage so sort of elevated and explained things so yes easily you know mm-hmm. it was such a useful tool on how it was used and it just contrasted everything that was happening during that period yeah um i think it was very it was shot nicely as well yeah absolutely um i 100 percent agree with you about the archival footage you know we even talked about it in the panthers um review episode because it is a new history to a lot of people even to myself as a part of the pacifica you know it's important to bring your audience along with the journey and i really love the way that sav did it in the short and obviously being Tongan, but I'm very much like minus beginner level Tongan, but even I understood what they were saying without the subtitles. Like it, it felt real because it was real. Mm. And I absolutely loved it right off the top. Sav, you're welcome. <laughs> um, we'll definitely put it in the show notes and um, I'm very excited. Just generally, it was very emotional watching the credits for like the Pacifica Australia shorts because you saw so many names that were familiar Oh, and it's a network and you see, you know, so I'm very, very excited in general um, for a lot of what I've watched, but definitely um, off the top of it, make sure you guys check out who are new that's available on Vimeo. But let's get into the opening night of the Pacifica Film Festival OT. Mm. I am very excited to talk about this film. I was talking to Ellie um, and it sounds as if this film, so this film is named Waikiki. It actually opened uh, on the closing night of the Hawaiian International Film Festival in November of 2020. Right. Because I think to a lot of us that wear no pants and sit in front of our TV, (laughs) like there's a lot of work that goes into making films and distributing it and, you know, making sure that it gets audiences, right? Mm. So as far as I understand, Waikiki is going to be, um, you know, screened around and eventually be on screening or available on VOD. But currently at the moment, it won't be available. But what, what, what I will say, OT, is the moment it's available for everyone to be able to buy, rent, etc., we are absolutely fucking covering this film. 100%. Whew, let's get into general stats and information in regards to writing and directing. We have Christopher Kahunahana in regards to producers. We have have Hula Girl Productions, Island Film Group, Kinetic Productions, Waikiki the Film. In way of cast, we have Peter Shinkoda, Daniel Zalapani, as well as Jason Quinn and OT, 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 OT. Right off the top, I have to tell you, Danielle is one to watch. Really? She was so fucking magnetic in this film. Um, you know, no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, if you read the description of this film, it talks about addressing, you know, the harsh reality that a lot of Native Hawaiians face. Yeah, and I know this is a topic that's really close to your heart something that we've talked about endlessly and i feel like racist ass melly gibbies i just want to i just want to sploosh all over i just want to talk about it but i can't spoil the film (laughs) but i yeah it's absolutely you know an issue that's very important to me unfucking fortunately and a mystery to everyone aside from people wanting their holiday houses and their little getaways to hawaii it is still a u.s territory unfucking fortunately what that means is you know blood the blood quantum sort of rules that apply to native americans for example flows on into native hawaiians too Mm. so that means 
Hawaiians, the harsh reality for a lot of native Hawaiians right now is even if they are Hawaiian, if they're not over 50% blood quantum, for example, they won't be able to own any sort of property or sorry, lease any property for $1 for 99 years. So explain to us mere mortals what blood quantum is. I will come down from Olympus. <laughs> Descend, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so those that might be familiar with the one drop rule, again, we are going back to grade A America. Um, you know, and we, we even talked about it um, when we were talking about the social dilemma. Shout outs to the Book of Lies podcast where we talked about that uh, test specifically. Um, but it's, it's that whole notion, institutionalized, structured notion of if you have one drop of black blood, you're black. Wow. Which obviously helps to strip a lot of the rights, especially back in the time of slavery or mm. in the time of, of black people becoming free. Right. It was a continued sort of stronghold, mm. right? So that's the one drop rule that you have in America. Uh, I also learn about like the Creole class uh, as well in the South, but that's that's a story for another day. Um, so blood quantum still finds a way to oppress native people, but it does it in the opposite way. So essentially only those that are in quotes, very disgustingly, but in quotes, true natives are those that get to benefit or be legitimized by the community. Right. Uh. So if you're, if you're not above 50% or in some, some, some nations it's matrilineal. So if your mother is native, then you're good to go. Um, if your mother isn't, then sometimes you can be enrolled out, Oh, for example. Um, and I guess this is just a little spotlight. Shout outs to Ian from Native Film Talk, because um, when we get some time, I definitely want to cover the film Blood Quantum and have him on the podcast. Nice. And he can tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the film of Waikiki, um, you know, th there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of uh, colonial strongholds, the ramifications of um, that is being sustained in Hawaii. You know, like rental cars are like $300 a day. Fuck. Yeah. And obviously that's that's in response to a lot of the demand, people wanting to giggle gaggle in the sun while native Hawaiians are struggling. Mm. Right. So what I absolutely, absolutely love about this film Waikiki is because it absolutely fucking goes there. Wow. The it lays it all out. The cast and crew put their whole foot, put their whole pussy into this film. <laughs> wow. And I, I absolutely love it. Again, if you've read the description, you understand the nuances in which I am speaking about. Obviously, we're talking about colonization. And there's some very, there's some very tenuous sort of uh, themes that I cannot wait, OT, once you're able to and everyone else is able to watch the film. I definitely want to pick on those because it, it reminded me of watching Nope. You know, like I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to overwhelm you and the taxi driver. Like I'm just ready <laughs> to talk about this film. Um, I would also say that the production was very slick on this film. The cinematography was very beautiful. The choice of direction was too high impact. Oh, you know, when you when you think about the postcard, when you think about, you know, leveraging the aloha, the the positive, you know, creating like native Hawaiians as a caricature for your enjoyment. Mm. Ooh, 
Oh, OT. Wow, seems like they delved into some really serious topics in there. Um, did you go into this film thinking that it was going to be that deep? Uh, based on the description, yes. The trailer, I wasn't necessarily sure what how far it would dig deep into. It was definitely a heavy film. And what I thought was interesting coming out of, this was really fun as well, because when you watch films like as part of a film festival, usually people are just like mingling outside and they're discussing it. And what was surprising to me was a lot of people were like shocked that it was such a heavy and confronting film. Oh. Yeah. When it goes to watch some serious stuff, especially let's say in the cinema, it's for me personally, it's sort of weird because Mm. I can't. She said? Oh, she said it will always be there (laughs) in my head because it was such a wild experience for me. I didn't think, I didn't even know what, based on the title alone, I pretty much figured what it's going to be about. And you told me it's going to be about Harvey Once, and I was like, enough said. But it just created such a, the, the atmosphere in itself. Yeah. It's something that I'll never forget. You know, I couldn't even eat my popcorn. It yeah. was that sort of thing. You have a play-by-play of me, I think quietly, but you think I was loudly <laughs> in my popcorn. Like, I feel like you can recount that more than the actual film. If you're the only one crunching in the <laughs> cinema... <laughs> You gotta Wild. find joy. You gotta find Wild. joy. No one else was crunching, bro. <laughs> I crunched through the pain, friends and lovers. Yeah, yeah, it, it was wild, and I know that it, it, it sort of elevated a bit because it's it's sort of weird because when you, if I'm watching it at home, I could I could sort of escape into myself, and you know, it's take it all in, and I'll be sad in the moment or whatnot. But it being in a cinema, it sort of expounds the emotion tenfold, right? Mm. Yeah, 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 I absolutely agree. Um, it was interesting the comments about the film because to me, I absolutely loved it. But I'm always ready to go there. You know, I'm I'm always ready to dig that little bit deeper on said. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like based on what I'm hearing that they didn't push their foot on anything. No, uh, they spoke with the chest, which is all I ever advocate for. Yeah, if you go there, go there a hundred percent. Yeah, and that's good to know that it's something that we I can actually look forward to. Then. The only thing I would say is there wasn't a lot of levity in this film. Like we said at the start, levity is for pussies, bro. <laughs> but i do appreciate um levity however this film is very is very exciting and you know perhaps i need to dig deeper into hawaiian cinema but there are two things i really really loved about this film overall the first is shifting the perception of native hawaiian people to 2022 Mm. that you know it's not just a mystical like ancient sort of culture hawaiians exist today right and secondly the shattering of that postcard idyllic um you know you can you can treat us like shit and we're just gonna smile in your face sort of narrative as a black person who let's say travels i usually felt very awkward mm-hmm. if i let's say go to a land with native people and they like sort of have this no, I, I wouldn't say subservient it is subservient it feels like that right yeah. and i'm like it's like you don't have to do that for us come on now oh, <laughs> chill out yeah <laughs> that's not for me that's not for me you know Uh, and it's something that is always at the front of my mind when i travel because 
I don't want them to feel like they have to perform. Yeah, exactly. I absolutely agree with you, OT. Like, I don't know, like... I guess if you think it's cutesy, then I don't know. I don't think I can, I don't think you can sit with me. However, um, you know, like, like we said in our King Kong episode, as you a black man, as me, a brown woman, there are some layers of our identity that we can't and won't take off for the comfortability of other people. Mm, mm. But when it comes to tourism, it becomes a whole nother juggernaut of intricacies. Yeah. But Waikiki, friends and lovers, uh, even the song, the lyrics in the song of Waikiki, it again, it's, you know, it sounds like such a, um, you know, peaceful, inviting sort of song. But if you actually listen to the lyrics, it's going to fuck shit up. Oh, does it give the give me hope Joanna sort of vibe? Jesus, yeah. <laughs> See? Without even trying, hire us, Ryan Coogler. We know how to pit black and brown people against each other. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on. Uh, I'm going to finish off with the feature film. So what we're going to get into was the shorts by Pacific Australian filmmakers. Uh, Fear has made an appearance on the podcast. We recently did an episode reviewing Hanel Harris and the team's uh, season one of SIS. Mm-hmm. And Fia was in there. And I also had the opportunity to meet him. Nice. I know. It's it's very cute, but it's very awkward for me that exists 99% on the internet. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about Urchin. If you're familiar with Fia's work, um, you know, he's also got Deity and Parramatta. And as far as I understand, Deity, Parramatta, as well as Urchin were filmed at the same time. Oh, um, he also had a GoFundMe, which I think has been closed now, um, called Polynesia, and it is about blackbirding OT. Oh, because spoiler alert, friends and lovers, when they decided to end black slavery, they went and picked up brown people. <laughs> I've got a lot to say. Yeah, that was just one of us laughter right there. <laughs> well, I'm not coming for you, if anything, I'm coming for Everett Ross. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, director, writer, Taufia Pelesasa, producers, Eliora Malifa, as well as Fia. In way of cast, we have Moni Siausi, Brendan Taupoi, as well as Rosita Vai. And I met Rosie. Oh, look at you. I know. Name drop in. It's kind of awkward because they're like, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a writer. I'm like, I'm a podcast. Actually, I have a podcast. <laughs> I have a podcast. Um, Urchin also aired or screened in the Hawaiian International Film Festival of 2021. Okay. Which was very exciting. So essentially... This short is very interesting. Right off the bat, I got to praise the team on the slick cinematography and the directing in this film, in mm-hmm. this short film. Uh, it follows some some young men that are out to have some fun. All right. Uh, and it, it, it documents, you know, their night out. So you have, you know, the protagonist who has two brothers one of them is the well-to-do brother that understands obligation and expectation. And then you have another brother that's a little bit of a rat bag, a little bit of a rap scallion mm-hmm. out here in these proverbial streets. All right. And without it giving any sort of spoiler, they find themselves in a qualm, in a quarrel, in a quandary. 
Oh. Where they have to band together as brothers and find a way to come together again. Okay, that sounds interesting. So you've so we've watched Fear's work before. We've watched Deity, we've watched Parramatta. Based on that description, how do you think it fares? I think after watching the parlor, I was like, Yeah, I'm in, bruv. Yeah. Um, so I could expect that this would be of a similar similar caliber. And I think um, what's also cool as well, shout out to Sav. Sav did the sound on Urchin and for a lot of Fia's projects as well. Again, it's so great. It's so great to hear the community community. Mm. Um, it, like it's so effortless. I, you know, we, we talk about it a lot, but sometimes you just need to show it. If you're about it, you're about it. And it will show on screen. Yeah. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but there were some primo, primo lines, uh, in this particular short OT. Oh yeah. Uh, well it was used in effect of criminal activity, but there was a quote saying ain't nothing stolen on stolen land. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Friends and lovers, contact me for the writing of the screenplay Purge Katie Edition. Ooh. Uh, and th- there was also another line as well. Um, I don't think this is spoiling it, but you know, there's the, the, so there's a possibility of stealing a car. Um, and th- there was a sentiment, there was a line about, like, you know, what are you also, what are you doing? It's like, I'm doing what they expect me to do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And 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 in in that sentiment, you wrapped it all up, OT. Yeah, like, what can you say to that? Well, yeah. Mm. Uh, moving along, we have Untitled, A Day in the Life of. We have Gabriel Fatu'u Satiu, and I met him. Mm. I met Gabriel as well. Producers, we have Eliora Malifa. Lawrence Ola, editor Darren Baker, sound composer slash score. We have Andrew Faliatua, cast Lani Tupu, who was in an episode of Redford Now. Mm-hmm. He was the priest, if you're nasty. He's also been in a lot of roles as well, friends and lovers. Tom Misa, Rosita Vai, Rowena Lauli'i, as well as Lawrence Ola. So this was, I really, really enjoyed. I enjoyed everything throughout um, the festival but I really, really enjoyed this short. Um, essentially, you had about like five or six characters, people, personas um, that are just talking about their general sort of experiences. You know, mm. with um, Tom's character, it was just ordering a coffee and seeing the Gaulima, like the tattoo and, you know, wondering whether they're going to be asked what nationality they are. Um, with Rowena, it was about like applying for a job and the intricacies of that and the expectations or, you know, what's perceived to be desirable as an island woman, for example. Um, Lawrence had an interesting sort of, uh, you know, a compilation of thoughts and Lani as well as Rosita was more about getting casted right Mm. so Rosie's uh was more about getting called to be the lead singer Mm -hmm. but once she got there they decided to make her in the choir with the other Pacifica women yeah so so with that as well as Lani um Lani was there with his full chest and I was absolutely there for it you know um I 
feel like it might have been head high. Um, it, it was some sort of Pacifica review that we did. It wasn't the Panthers, but there was a sentiment that I shared on this podcast of, or it might have even been our Taika Waititi run, um, where it, it, because we look ambiguous, like I'm talking about Maori and Pacifica people, because we look ambiguous on like world cinema, we just get casted into a lot of like sci-fi roles. Mm. Unless you're Cliff Curtis and you play a Mexican in Training Day. <laughs> I'm here to fight about miscasting, but don't come for, for Cliff Curtis. All I have is kisses for that man. Wow. <laughs> Um, But the big, for me, the big takeaway for, you know, Lani's, um, you know, focus for Untitled was tokenism. Yeah. Was representation, but more so tokenism because that's kind of the next level boss that we're talking about. You know, Lani was talking about, um, you know, you say this role is for everyone. Anyone can take this role. But he said Anglo-Saxon. I'm going to say white. It's the same white characters that you see casted in all of these Australian dramas. Mm. So why do you say go for it, but I'm never up for it? Yeah. Can we talk about it? Can we? <laughs> we can. <laughs> That's interesting. Um. So do we get some sort of resolution around that? Or is it just more laying out all the issues that we face? Is there like a resolution to each individual character and what the problems they face? Well, I think it's a hard question to answer because like I mentioned on the Panthers episode, you know, what, whatever the story is in regards to Pacifica storytelling is what the story is, right? However, and it's I'm mostly talking about black cinema, we have like decades worth of quality, right? Mm. So you kind of need to come correct. Like <laughs> even though it's a relatively new um, sort of industry, people are satiated with quality, right? Mm. So it's not it's not just representation because it's it's great to see like my my brown kin. However, we need to have a story. We need to have the resonance. We need to have characters there, right? And I think it's it's hard to have this conversation succinctly because even a lot of the sentiments and the film um, maker Q and A that we had after the shorts. You know, there was that general sort of understanding that New Zealand is years and years and years and years ahead in regards to the available funding, in regards to turning on a screen and randomly seeing brown people for no reason, mm. right? And even then, that representation is very, very young in comparison to black cinema, for example. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? And now we're in Australia, right? And I, I I talked about it recently and I think it was in CIS, you know, Deb Mailman, intergalactic treasure in all of our heart chambers. Like it had to go through the First Nations budget. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's the country we live in when we have tried and true superstars that still need to go through that diversity bucket. Yeah. Right? So, you know, 10 toes down. Give me the address. I'm pulling up and we're fighting. Yeah, that's a fight I'd join. Yeah, just make sure you're on the right side of history, OT. <laughs> I don't need that Wakandan energy, okay? <laughs> um, I want to end talking about Untitled and giving a shout out to Big 685. Yes, 685. Shout outs to all our um, Hummel friends and lovers. Are you still celebrating? We hope you're well and you're staying hydrated. Mm. So in Untitled, he had one of the most powerful fucking moving poems I've heard in a long time. And it's called Blackbird. Okay. 
Um, Gabriel did say that there are full monologues of all of the characters and they're just trying to figure out how they want to release all of them. But man, like I felt everything I needed to feel. Wow. Just beautiful. There, there was a line there about, you know, removing the shackles because my truth is the key. Mm. Bruh, man. Speak abso- it. Absolutely all the way in. Say it. You know where else I am all the way in OT? Mm-hmm. The Alexander Ball. <laughs> tens, tens, tens across the board, OT. Whoop, whoop. This documentary short is available in Australia on SBS right now. Nice. It's also doing screenings all around the country. Mm-hmm. And even overseas soon. Oh. Yes. Let's get into general stats and information. Director, we have Jessica Magro. And Jessica Magro is also assistant producer for Bluey. Hey. Congratulations, because Bluey just won a BAFTA. <laughs> nice. Take that, Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I'm sure Piggy Blinders have won BAFTAs. I'm just being facetious. Uh, In regards to producers, we have Rebecca Barry, Karina Holden, as well as Jessica Magro. Cast. Woo-hoo-hoo. OT. Mm. Eleganza. I also met Eleganza. Did you? I did. Mm. And I I love. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love. Look at you blushing over here. (laughs) (laughs) And um, surprise to no one, I got emotional. Maybe three times watching this short. Of course you did. (laughs) Okay, so the Alexander Ball is talking about the ball. When we talk about ball, we're talking about the ballroom scene Mm -hmm. in Mianjin otherwise known as Brisbane, Mianjin. And it follows the lead up to the Alexander Ball. And I absolutely, absolutely, I keep saying everything was my fucking highlight, but I really, really love this short. The reason why I love this short and I was, I was having, I was having a little kiki. I was having a little giggle gaggle with Ella because I was praising the, there was a lot of information in regards to the ballroom scene, Mm. how it talks about black and brown trans sisters in the US that felt, um, you know, discriminated against inside of the queer community. Right. It's not just Dave Chappelle, friends and lovers. There is a hierarchy in the queer community. Mm -hmm. And I love that the information was being, you know, um, incorporated into the short as well as, you know, seeing the creation and the lead up to the ball. And I was talking to Ella about it Um, and I was saying it was so important and it was so great. And even Ella as well talks a lot about, you know, our Indigenous uh, friends and lovers as well and how important it is to acknowledge that we are on unceded land and I was talking to Ella about it and you know Ella's like of course you know it's so important um you know especially talking about the ballroom scene in the US um also getting the blessing um from the US as well because that's where it came from and I <laughs> and I was like tell that to people in hip hop <laughs> <laughs> When 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 I can speak freely, friends and lovers, you better get your DMs ready. You you better you better lubricate them. You better stretch them because once I'm ready to speak freely with you, oh, we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, or just carry a gag <laughs> if you're nasty. <laughs> if you want to deepen the experience, OT. Uh huh. 
I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I will strongly recommend. I'll see if there's a way that globally um, it's going to be screened or available to buy slash rent. Um, but it it feels so good. And what I really love about it as well, um, we see our trans brother and sisters um, in the Pacifica community and they talk about how important it is to have that queer family. Mm. Because unfortunately, you can't blame colonization but at some fucking point put put your own pants on and own it right yeah um and there was a lot of heartbreak in there i also felt a bit triggered because (laughs) because someone mentioned that the first time they saw you know um brown people out and 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 doing the catwalk they're like oh i've seen that on drag race (laughs) (laughs) oh but there's something that's so beautiful about being able to you know, just allow people to tell their own stories, but not just that, to bask in the fucking glory in being who you are mm. with your whole chest. There's nothing better than feeling like you belong to part of something, you know, and then you could see yourself and then just be yourself as well. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. It was interesting because in the Q&A, there was a question asked of how did this all come about? Right. And Ella was talking about her trepidation in even documenting, you know, the, the House of Alexander because of the potential sort of portrayal. Because while, um, you know, while the crew is Pacifica, they didn't know how much that would extend or that tax would extend to Pacifica queer people, especially oh. trans. Yeah. So, man, I felt it. I just like, wow, wow, wow. If I didn't have a soul, I grew one by the weekend, OT. <laughs> it's really good to see that you got really emotional and it, it got to you and you had moments of of resonance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because I want to go watch this uh, and bask in its glory. And also I'll be just screaming eleganza <laughs> <laughs> throughout the whole night. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, Thank you, friends and lovers, for joining us. Uh, We're going to finish off with the closing night of the Pacifica Film Festival. And this was a feature film Mm -hmm. written and directed by Herbert Leota, Mm -hmm. producer of Loki. In regards to the cast, we have Keanu Fangaloka as well as Bally Boy, Hooligan Skinny and Spanion. Um, (laughs) So Neverland did initially premiere earlier this year and it did screen again for the closing night of the 20th. 2022 Pacifica Film Festival. It was also the first since 2018 as well, um, in person rather. Uh, Neverland should be available to stream online from December 1st. Mm. So if you got the time, friends and lovers, watch it because I got a lot to talk about. Yeah, or make time. Make time. Uh, how do we how do we start this off? Uh, generally, I loved it. The filming of Neverland was A+. Nice. And it was interesting because in the Q&A with Herbert, he talked about how this was his first, not a short. He did a feature film in like a couple of months' time. Oh. Fucking wild. Wow. So so give us a bit of, of a synopsis of what Neverland is. You know I don't like a synopsis. I'm not into synopsis foreplay. <laughs> Uh, So I guess the best way to describe this film is it sits nicely in the crime drug game sort of genre. Mm. 
So, you know, if we talk about like globally, we're talking about Top Boy, we're talking about Snowfall, um, maybe even Boys in the Hood, you know. Thematically, cinematically, you know, Herbert talked about um, he does a lot of directing for music videos as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so you're feeling belly with Hype Williams. Wow. Great film. Great, great, (laughs) great cinematography. (laughs) Great cinematography. Um, But when you think about the drug game and or even like Kin, Gangs of Dublin, Mm. right? Um, Even Drug King with our daddy Song Kang Ho in Korea. You know, like there's there's, there's so much um, in regards to offering four blocks. Yeah. The Hamadis, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's so many offerings. Gamora. Okay. <laughs> I got to stop now. Um, but you, you can see friends and lovers. Like I, I just was able to rattle off so many drug game um, sort of TV shows and films. And, you know, I, I guess you could say we are partial to that genre. Mm. So what was really interesting about this film is you could see the influences, you could see the nuances, you could see how in many instances it could go toe-to-toe with what's currently out there, but it had a very local Australian feel to it. Oh, that's that's intriguing. It was interesting, you know, um, even like... I'll go back into the film, but even having discussions after the film, there was a couple of people that were like, oh, you know, I'm not sure about, you know, demonstrating that and that sort of thing. Friends and lovers, I say everyone gets a chance at the drug game. And in many other cases, I think it's even Colombia where, you know, even like the coffee plant is more expensive to harvest. Mm. Right. So like I'm not here to criminalize that criminal sort of activity. That's just not my jab. So when you said they're not foreseeing it, as in they don't appreciate it. They're not for it, is what I'm saying. All right. All right. For it in terms of seeing it on screen or for it in terms of making it legal and some shit? No, I think it's just seeing it on screen. Perhaps it speaks to, I don't know, encouraging that sort of activity. Ah. Which is very interesting because for me, I'm not about that. I'm about let's shift focus. How many sort of um, services are provided from the government? For all of the community services that are provided, are they funded? Mm. Are these young people being set up to succeed or are they being set up to fail? That's why I'm always Katie Furious with my Hotep hat. Yeah. Because that's how that's how they want us to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was interesting because even in the Q&A, Herbert was talking about, you know, how, you know, th- there are people in the cast that are currently locked up at the moment. Mm. But that's not a fucking surprise. Like, if you're about that life, you're about that life, right? Yeah. So I... I don't know. Or maybe it's just it feels too close to home. I would question it. If you watch shit like Top Boy like, or if you watch like Snowfall or even Breaking Bad, I would question if there's any sort of uncomfortability with brown sort of portrayals in the drug game. Or maybe it's more seeing you, you know, someone that looks like you on screen partaking on it. You know, you're like, you're so used to seeing black people uh, in the drug game and sort of gangsters portrayal. You know, it's sort of the monotone sort of view of so many decades of how black people have been portrayed, you know? So well, when you watch Kin, the Irish people didn't do it very well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how 
<laughs> true, true. <laughs> but I guess the thing that I want to say is as well, I don't necessarily have a lot of experiences, you know, and good luck, friends and lovers, trying to get a sound bite to incriminate me. But, you know, there are certain life experiences that I will never understand and I have absolutely not experienced. But you know what, OT? Mm. I give my fam space. Yeah, man. Who I are give, you to judge? Yeah, I give space for experiences that I never have or perhaps never will experience. Because when you talk about people's life fucking story, it's exactly that. It's their life story, whatever they've gone through. And it's so interesting because I never feel the need to preface stuff. It's only when I talk about brown shit that I need to like. <laughs> Friends and lovers, if you're feeling spicy and you've just met us, go and check out our open source hip hop episode. It is muy caliente. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would give all of the grace again. I think this film is great. Nice. I think if you wait for, you know, pop stars to tell you how to vote and if you vote in pop stars into your political systems, then that's the fucking problem really. You want to tell me Gal Gadot's imagined into movie? It moved me to wanting to log off forever. <laughs> <laughs> but in saying that, like it was, it was very clear to me that I'm such a fucking nerd that sits here and watches things and podcasts all the time because I went into the cinema and it seemed like everyone, like, cause there were obviously cameos in the film as well. And people were like, Oh, it's blah, blah, blah. And I, I didn't even know who the fuck they were. Oh, but I guess that's also a good thing as well. Cause when I was talking to my mate at work, he had opinions about, all sorts of not not just the people in the cast like you know like talking about like postcode wars and that sort of thing like he had a lot of opinions and um for me i think maybe it was a good thing that i i'm not so embedded that i know who everyone is to know the nuances of whoever but i will say ot there is a song that you will really really enjoy and i'm worried when you watch this film that's all we're going to have on loop in our household wow yeah okay that's interesting. It's an anthem for men. <laughs> an anthem for men. It is an anthem for men. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Ooh-hoo-hoo. How are you feeling, Oti? I'm glad you had such a blast uh, experiencing all of this and that you enjoyed it and came out of it feeling emotional, feeling connected, uh-huh. you know, vibing your peeps. Oh my. Putting the PI in the front center. Yeah, I- I'm not sure about this. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> and if you ever wondered if black people can be racist. <laughs> Perhaps, friends and lovers, that is your proof. Wow. <laughs> oh, but thank you so much, OT. I really much enjoyed it. Um, and I actually brought a notebook so I could make notes about the films that I watched. But I'd met so many amazing people, I didn't even get time to write in the book. Oh. Read a fucking book, OT. <laughs> There's no other way aside from ending in an Archer reference. Uh-huh. While we're here and I'm feeling all of my brownness, I'm very excited. They're casting for the live action Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm very excited. Wow. Are, are you going to uh, put yourself out there? <laughs> Me? Yeah. As a 30-year-old Lilo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greece was made. There's room for anyone out there to be whoever they want to be on screen. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> 
Thank you, friends and lovers, for joining us another week in the Four Year Reference household. Our next episode will be our Christmas episode, OT. Nice. Feeling festive. Feeling festive, you wanker. Mm hmm. Festive wankers. You reckon it's got to be It's a Wonderful Life again? Okay. <laughs> Have we not been through enough? <laughs> Uh, and then we're also doing our Christmas special as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those new friends and lovers, we rate everything numerically, everything that we've covered this year. Very exciting. If you'd like to spread the festive cheer, if you're nasty, on Twitter and Instagram, we're at for your F-Pod. Write us an email at hello at We're also on Give KT a Cookie for not even mentioning the White Lotus talking about putting on brown skin in Hawaii. (laughs) I I bought you a Mike White poster, so (laughs) (laughs) that'll cover your itch, bro. (laughs) Hashtag White Lotus so white, am I right? Uh Fuck Mr. White and the clicky claim. (laughs) We're ending on Tupac, friends and lovers. And we'll see you guys on our Christmas episode. See ya. Bye. Yeah.